Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. She did. Yes, she did. We are back. We're back. Coming to you from the past into Ooh. the present and then into the future with yes. the archive. Yes, yes. Wherever you are listening, we hope you are feeling warm and toasty, like maybe on a beach in Rio, Brazil, where ground- Marcos Valle is from. Like it's this record we're listening day. to. Is it what? Is it Groundhog Day? Next? Oh, yeah, it is Groundhog Day. We should probably play uh, uh, I Got You, Babe, uh, ten times and just leave it at that. I don't get it. That was how that film worked. Um, Did you ever see it? No, never mind. Uh, Well, uh, enough of that. Uh, Our guest today uh, is a a very special guest. I've been trying to get them on for ages, I think. I think since I had another show called The Tea. Um, It's been a long-ass time. But uh, he's finally here, damn it, Uh, because he's a busy man, and uh, it's because he 
he's he owns a record store and he and he makes and he makes records and you're actually listening to one of them right now and uh, I'm just gonna stop with the funny business. It's Tom Noble of Superior Records with us today. Tom, thanks so much for coming. It's so exciting to have you here and uh, it's exciting to have all of y'all with us. Uh, so stay tuned. We're gonna be here with some funky things and then we're gonna chat with Tom and let him do what he does best here on Yes, She Did. Halerm. Thank you. 
She did, and there's more bounce where there's, that there's came way from. More bounce. Woo! Thank you, Roger, Roger. Troutman. Yeah, God. rest in power. Yes, absolutely. The funkiest. I mean, I saw. We were talking off mic just now, and when I first moved to New York, 
my friend was the manager at SOBs and Roger Troutman and his crew came in from Ohio on their bus and turned it out. It was like Jimi Hendrix, James Brown, Captain America, and Prince all rolled into one. George Benson showed up and jammed with him. I got his autograph. It was, as they say, lit. <laughs> as the children these days say. say. Yeah, know, whatever. Cool enough to say that. Yeah. Now it's, cool. um, Do they still say wavy? It's no. There was like a twenty-four-year-old kid staying at my house from London, and everything was based. Everything is based. Oh, base. Ba- I do know base. Just base. I, uh, just turned up. I think. It was base. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Base was turned up. It was cold. It was you know whatever. Yeah. Just say cold. It was tight. Cold man. It was sick. Cold. Cold-blooded. Rick James. Cold. It was blooded. deaf. <laughs> if we could read what dimension De- people said deaf. Deaf. In, I would yeah. like to go back so, to that so dimension. Deaf. Yeah. Yeah. It was. But t- deaf was before so so deaf. So so deaf was like yeah, the strip. Yeah. Club hip hop era. This is like the boombox kicking in Rock Creek Park with some like rock wash pants on. Era. See, you, you twos are from the Midwest, close to the Chicago area. I sadly at that time was growing up in Southern California where we said such things as rad and 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 tubular. Stupid. But the voice, about, by the so way, kids. I am yeah, yeah, gag no. me with a spoon. Um but okay. hold on, Gant. We have to introduce our guest. That voice that you're hearing, yeah, exactly. Uh, is none other than one of my very favorite people in the city. They uh, are the reason that I own many of the records that I do uh, because they own one of the really two record shops that I will that I will still go to in New York City. That's Superior Elevation at six one six Grand Street in Brooklyn. It's the one, the only Tom Noble. Thanks for coming. Thanks for having me on the I, show. I really appreciate it uh, for you waking up so early on a weekend uh, to be here. I know that your schedule is busy because uh, you do so much and uh, that's what I want to have you on the show to chat about um, is yes. all the things that you do. Um, so uh, like I was saying, you're uh, from the Midwest uh, originale. Um, uh, where did you where did you start getting into into records, into music, into DJing? DJing, um, DJing was the second spot because I was a band person, just like everybody oh, okay. else. You know, it's like everyone who grew up in the '90s. Like you, were, if you were a music person, you were a band person. A band, you yeah. wanted a DJ because it was, you know, <laughs> it was still DJing back then. Was still like you were like the dude who had a van with like equipment and like endless DJ. crates. A mobile yes. DJ, exactly. <laughs> and like you know, you were like one of three people in the city that actually DJed, and you cared, and you got all the gigs, and you know, and you were like some frumpy dude wearing sweatpants. <laughs> Because that's how DJing started. That's yeah. how it was you know, before the image conscious no, world. How it started. I was Only fans, DJ nights and stuff. Actually, we had a big sound system and we used to DJ uh, frater- frat parties. Oh, hell yeah. Fraterned yeah. it out. Fraterned. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, but uh, that's, uh, that's so probably the, what the show's so about. Go for just it. Just like, you know, musical exploration via vinyl. I lived across the street from a record store and, you know, I had people telling me things I should get up on, you know, like songs in the key of life, like bought the first clash record, got Superfly because it was $2, oh, you know, and like got heroes cause it was a dollar, you know, like all this stuff like that. And, um, and Funkadelic, like not just knee deep cause I used to hang out with these straight edge kids, Oh, but there was this one kid that was like the younger brother of all like the, cause they were, it was all like black and like Mexican taggers that were straight edge kids. So it was okay. a pretty weird looking Fugazi crowd, Where? but, um, <laughs> 
one of the kids was there. He was like, the, he wrote, he wrote uh, polka, and he was just weird. He was like the <laughs> kid that had all the style. He created everyone's tag names. He created the name of the graffiti crew in town, which was FCR, Fat mm-hmm. Chicks Rock. What? And, <laughs> and, he, yes, and his name was Elvaro. He wrote polka. He was like strange, you know. And um, but people called him Pooh Bear. Because he was like a quiet, chill, kind of cute dude in the background, you know. And he was like, I only date white girls with cute feet. <laughs> it was like that guy. Uh, there's an app for that. I, but I was going to say, yeah. Had a, white a, girls a, with cute feet. Little did he know. Yeah. yeah uh, and then he, he is the one who told me about Funkadelic in Parliament, finally. Because I'd already been listening to Dell, the Funky Homo Sapiens record, Where? which is all Parliament samples. So then I got like Motor Booty Affair, and I was like, oh, snap. This is, this is what's up. But anyway, so that's musical exploration. Finally, and I'm in my bands, and my bands were super diverse. We had like, I do like one song would be like a high life song. The next song would sound like Gang Four. There would be like a dance hall track. There would be like a rock steady track. What were like, you playing? I played guitar, and I oh. wrote the songs Word. and sang backgrounds, um, harmonies, and stuff like that. And, um, but then it was like seven people in the band. I was the band leader. At a certain point, I was just like, I hate you all. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I'm going to start DJing. <laughs> you know, like, right, I'm out. It's where one can f- be <laughs> yeah. in full control. Where you can, or you, you know, you don't have to worry about being in control because the music's already been made. Or, yeah, that too. You know, <laughs> and I wasn't really mixing back in those days because you know we we didn't we didn't play. I didn't I didn't enjoy dance music to be honest. I didn't oh. have a good perspective of it. You know, in Milwaukee, really close to Chicago and Detroit, so I should been very well up on that stuff. Say. But I didn't care. I, I, okay. I only looked at raves as a place to go meet rave girls. Oh, okay. and, um Yeah. And the rave music was just something you had to listen to if you wanted to get the rave girl, you know? <laughs> and the girl, rave girl being important because there was no other girls at all. Oh. There wasn't it was, any other girls. Is that is that all that Chicago and Milwaukee have to offer? You two uh, would know best. Milwaukee's a lot smaller than Chicago in that oh, okay. respect. Yeah. I've only been once. Uh, it was a charming town. It was oh. kind of stuck in 1955, but it was yeah. charming in that way. Um, <laughs> it's called racism. Well, yeah, that's, that's true. It's I called guess. racism. That's the not-so-charming part of it. But you, um, so you started DJing. Where, so where did you start DJing? In Milwaukee? Yeah, actually, well, I have a great DJ birthday. It's New Year's oh. Eve. Oh. I'm sure a lot of people have oh, that, too. But it makes it easy for me to, to tally up, because it was 1997. I remember that. Going, it was 97 going into 98, my first gig, because the next year we had to do the gig with it was 1999, and like we didn't play the song because we were too cool. Uh, and we got like, uh, so I started playing at this place called the Nomad, which is like an Irish bar for drunk Irish people in Milwaukee. And um, it was great it's time a on New Year's. Large demographic, I'm sure. It was a great time on New Year's. And um, and then we just, me and my brother, kind of we 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 did this one really small thing that just changed it all for us in town. Is that because our you know we would just DJ under like the Noble Brothers or something like that. And then one day we made like the joke of, like Super Mario Brothers, Super Noble Brothers. And then we were like, oh, yeah, let's just put super in front of our names. And the second we had, like, a tagline like that, it's just, like, floodgates opened up. And we started getting gigs, like, all, like, all kinds of gigs. We were on the cover of the local paper and stuff. And we were, like, we started our own nights that are still running. There's, like, nights that I started in Milwaukee that have been on for 20 years. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, so you, we, we did a little bit to change the scene there. Yeah, yeah. We did it a little bit to change the scene there, like, in a legit way. And were the, like, what were you playing, mm. I guess, because you are saying that you weren't so, like, you weren't gravitating towards dance music initially, but when you were playing these parties, mm. what were, what was kind of the vibe there? 
when we first started, it was just like mix mash. It was like you know we'd be playing like eighth day, uh, you know funkadelic tracks. We'd be playing like David Bowie Golden Years. Right. We would play like Don Covey. We play like all these just stuff that we found on vinyl that we didn't really, you know, we didn't know much. We weren't really deep, you know. We were just checking it all out for the first time, and mm-hmm. we we always kind of had a thread of post punk in our stuff. But like I said, back in those days, you couldn't get those albums. We had like some some reggae reissues stuff that we could, you know, get our hands on. But then we moved in. Then Dusty Groove in Chicago was really started picking it up with reissues and like really pumping out good stuff, so I could afford to change my 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 act up a little bit and we kind of we decided to after we got our like newfound super noble brothers fame we decided to make our night a mod night and oh, okay. which was bizarre to me because i didn't even really know what mod culture was it was kind you're, of you're my, in the right place to learn all about it kids at home <laughs> i know that you can't scooters. see us on on the it cameras but swanky. those of you who know the face radio know what the hell i'm talking about so it was mod yeah it was mod and it was like it, but we just kind of used the loose definition of mod to basically just play all the stuff we wanted to play from <laughs> the late 60s and early 70s Word. so it was like sure we would play making time by the creation but we'd also in like um What's that song? She's got everything by the Kinks, okay. stuff like that. Work. That's actually how I ended up meeting Pirani because he was oh, Mr. Okay. Mod Kid down there. Ben Pirani, my yeah. uh, my fearless leader. No, Shout my bandmate. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, and then like so, um, you know, we like we would have we play like the British kind of mod stuff, and then we, and we discovered like freak beat and all that kind of things, and then really got into like French pop and like yeah yeah girl stuff and like Jacques Dutronc. And then it got. Then I discovered Tropicalia. So we started getting all the. Right. I started going to Brazil around that time. So I started bringing back all the samba rock, which is kind of like ah. a '60s heavy, you know, more kind of mod Brazilian dance music. Work. So I was playing psychedelic Brazilian stuff, psychedelic French stuff, the occasional Stereo Lab or um, Stereo Total song, all the mod stuff, like the classic stuff. Then we'd be playing like all the soul and boogaloo, like Latin boogaloo jams. Okay. And then we'd be playing the Brazil. It was really well rounded, you know. Oh. I mean, you come into that night and it would be like blitzkrieged with like styles of music. And like, how was how was Milwaukee responding to that? People didn't know. People didn't want that. I was that. only eighty miles away. I had no idea. <laughs> yeah, no. Seriously, when people from out of town would come in, like they would just like they would get their wigs split like hardcore. Yeah. Like they'd be like, "What is going on in here?" That is really wild. And then they would be like, do you have any basement jacks? <laughs> oh, basement jacks. Be like, the, oh. the bad bunny of the late 90s. No, they were uh, dope. I'm kidding. I'm jo- I we, mean in the sense of when wait, people would come up. in and we're request They were the bad bunny. Yeah, they, they were the, the bad bunny. They were everybody was requesting in the late 90s. They were the, they were the and, and, hey, Lady yeah, Gaga, I would bad just like bunny. To, I would like to pause really quick and just let everyone know, I really, really do like Bad Bunny. I do the heart and soul, like his art, like his politics. I just won't play his music when I'm out, kids, so don't ask me. Yeah. I prefer Lady Bunny. Sure, Lady yes, Bunny. sure, sure. But sorry, go on. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we were always kind of at odds with whatever the popular thing was, and they were stuck in our old, like, weird... I know me and my brother look back on it now, and we kind of were like, we kind of wish we just engaged with what was popular at the time, mm-hmm. looking back on it, because, you know, we have our whole lives to explore music. And, you know, we kind of, 
we didn't really look like we wasted our time musically because actually my group was pretty innovative. But like, yeah, we were definitely obsessed with recreating sounds from back in the day versus in learning what the lessons we should have learned from all that music versus yeah. do what everyone else did and just skip straight to Bad Bunny or whatever, you know, <laughs> and not know. know one damn thing about the music that they're into but you know that's i'm so i'm glad i did the work and i feel like i understand music a lot better than like for instance there's a lot of people that go out there and kind of make those types of modern recreations of old style stuff and i like definitely i mean you can look back to where i was in like 2000 or 2008 or whatever Mm -hmm. when i first started making music on computers it's just like I was already in touch with that. I could do that stuff that people are doing now in terms of like making things sound old. I never really progressed past that. I, if there's anything, it's hard for me to make music that sounds modern. Mm-hmm. It's always that's always been something I struggled with to to oversaturate it with auto tune and uh, all that. It's just that I can't the, do that. That's yeah, why. No, that's no, why no, I, I can't modernize. Like, that's hate. the thing now. From everything I hear, it's it like, is. Well, it's what? a little. Like, everything's a little. Well, we were talking about AI and automation and all of that. And I mean, people do too much non fungible or tokens. maybe they don't do it. Enough is actually I'll counter that is that I think that they they do, yes do too much but I think that that too much is all based in like what you're talking about like like the all of the extra add-ons that came on and I yeah. guess the past like t- I guess two decades where whereas like when you actually had to go into a recording studio and just like you know hit the a track and <laughs> yeah. play music yeah you yeah, have it was to a little different. you know the, like if you actually have to do a six minute long take you're gonna have to practice six hours a day your instrument for like x amount of years to yes. get to that level whereas now people just punch me in punch me in punch me in yeah and which like, god bless i mean it really has I'm, made a lot i'll tell of you one thing i'm not accessible. down with though i'm not down with people that are like gonna instead like oh just i got those, those first few bars just you just loop that to the end like never will i mean that's called demo, demo is, kids yeah, demo exactly. is cool but and, and and i have just like just like snoop dogg and hoes like i got no love for demos <laughs> We just got no love for them. Word, word. We don't. Word. Lo- we don't love them demos until we discover them thirty years later after Prince has passed away, and yeah. then we're like, oh my god, become a dead legend, and then show me and your demo. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. But until then, like, it, it's a bad thing to fall into, and too many people do. But like, you know, I mean, I get when I get a remix nowadays, people will send me their files, and the first thing I do is sit down and mute and delete seventy-five tracks. Where? Get down to five that actually are good. I'll add like two more in there with things that they didn't have in the seventy-five tracks, and then that's it. And then delete half their baseline, delete half their chords, and half their playing to put space in the song that they needed to have in there. And then the song sounds like a song again to me. You know, there was a a production you did. um, I want to say it was like on a red label. It was with my good friend mother Eugene Tambourine. uh, right. I think playing percussion on it. Yeah, that was um, the one that. What was that? That was it, the COVID it, record. It was yeah. It was C- case but, of the COVID curse. What was what was the name of that record? Uh oh, that was a bold move. I called it Flashlight. Oh, okay, work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's I think it, it flashlight. Yeah. Flashlight. No, flashlight. Yes. Oh, okay. No flashlight. Right. Um, Older than but, flashlight because flashlight's the name of a really really popular funk song that is yeah. kind of like kind of hard. That's kind of like this when you call your like record. It's called more about an ounce is. More, more fluid. Yeah, more. And what do you guys call yourselves? Ounce. We're Zap with one P. <laughs> yeah, exactly. um, yeah, no, but uh, we're Zapped. Yeah, exactly. Oh no, but it was I. But, Zap Mama. But you, Zap Mama. you, 
have been doing production and you've been, I mean, like you were saying, you've been DJing for a, a, a long ass time. I'm allowed to say that word in the air. Um, uh, how Longer than heck. Yeah, exa- longer than heck. Heck how of time. The, how in the heck did you start, uh, I guess, because you, you, your finger's in so many pies and having this conversation is reminding me of that. Uh, how did you open your first record shop? Because that's, that's just really interesting to me. Well, I mean, it's something that me and my brother had actually wanted to do. We talked about it, but mm-hmm. we were also just like total scrubs, you know, like the scrubbiest scrubs. And um, my landlord, this Laffian dude named Gunner, like walked into my apartment. Because my apartment back in those days was like Seinfeld House. It was like, <laughs> and everyone was playing the role of Kramer. So you just like open the door, start knocking on the open door, you know, uh-huh. like we like roll out of our bedrooms with like probably didn't have lighting in them and um, or heat. And um, and he comes in. And he's like, you guys should start a record store in the front because we lived in this crazy artist building mm-hmm. where it had always this, the front store space had always been something even from the 60s. It used to be this. um this is like child porn uh, oh, photography God. studio. Oh my God! By a guy that we all called Santa Claus because he drove around town with a bunch of stuffed animals stapled to the top of his car in case you didn't, you know, because oh I guess like pedophile wasn't available for his license plate. Beautiful, <clears throat> so like, you know, look um, like Santa Claus and staple a bunch of stuffed animals to the top of your car and, and like tell me you're a serial killer without telling me you're a serial killer. Yeah. And then when Gosh. I started trying to date girls when I was 16, they would all have his business card. Oh, yeah. That's when it got real creepy when you're like, every cute girl I've talked to has this like 65-year-old man's business card in her wallet. Wow. Yeah. So you opened up shop in the uh, in the old Send Tito's, in the nudes. Uh, yeah. yeah uh, the old photo. Send in the nudes <laughs> studio. <laughs> okay. And uh, I, I, I hope that you saged the, the place before you. <laughs> oh, God. We actually just destroyed it. And it was kind of funny because it was like, it was like a... It was Bob Watts was his name. It was his little porn studio. Then it was this place. The last, the next time I really know where it picked up after that was in like the nineties, and it was like a weird. It was a store called Junk Cheap that just sold junk, like not like not scrap like metal and stuff. Yeah, like a bag of like wire, you know. Oh, I love for like that. Sixteen cents or something, and like what loose pop tarts or something, or like. You know, <laughs> And they had a public access show, which I discovered on accident, because back in the day, they had the black box cable when you hit A or B. Uh-huh. And I was yeah, trying to yeah, watch yeah. VH1, but it was on B instead of A. And it was like these two people sitting on public access. And it was like, what? and it, there was a call-in show. And it was like, this like, sounded like fat nerdy dude and a skinny nerdy dude. And like, so you would call in and ask them questions. And they didn't, you know, they were just real dry. They're just, but they were really happy to take your call. And so I went to school the next day and I told everyone about it. And then it ended up launching this war, like an actual brawl between schools, which ended up like, because, yeah, because people just started using that as a vessel to like talk shit to other schools. And then so what ended up happening was <laughs> just call in. And then my brother's band ended up playing it and some was like na- naked jump roping on it. And somehow it ended up <laughs> like the whole station got like taken down or something. And the public it, access station? And it ended up on Geraldo. 
Yeah, oh. it ended up on Geraldo. I in an event. I I may have been like the actual person, like the like the bat who got flew out of a gentrified like landscaping uh. development in the beginning of an outbreak movie Uh-oh. that triggered the event that made a public access show end up on Geraldo. Wow, yes. this was in Milwaukee. Yes, okay. That's the isn't this that like where like, Wayne's World takes place as like, well yeah, on public like Char- access in Milwaukee? It was in Aurora, Illinois. This oh, like, Aurora. This is like sorry, Charlie Murphy, True Hollywood <laughs> Stories of the Record Store. Yeah, wow. This is like, that's and so like and then it became and then it became this like at my 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 neighbor Nick Frisbee started an after hours spot that we ended up calling Canada World so it became this after hours spot called Canada World for a while which we actually built a mezzanine level into this space and it was so weird was it like up to 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 standard no, no. Oh, okay, okay no oh, okay. and then like and then like. And then it was like a spot. I don't know, Mr. Quintron played a show there. It was like it became like this weird event spot. And when we eventually totaled it to become the record store, we were like chis- chiseling through the walls, and we were like unearthing all this like like hieroglyphics of like a weird like delusional art scene of Milwaukee's past. You know, it was like oh, wow. really weird. And on top of that, and then we were, and then kind and you cool, got even though. further in there. I'd be actual newspapers from the '60s in the wall, probably from the you know Santa Claus's child porn oh, studio. God. Yeah, <laughs> the insulation. But what ended up killing the spot for good was um, Nick Frisbee after Canada World failed because too many kids from the hood came coming through and stealing everyone's phones. Um, <laughs> they uh, they turned it into a motorcycle repair shop, which, oh. according, to, according to city code, is totally against the freaking code. Yeah. You know, to fix motorcycles in a spot in s- that's not like up to code. You know, yeah. So that's when yeah. landlord got building, got like freaked out yes. and was like kicked them out and then came to us and kind of forced us to have a record store there. Oh, where? Almost at gunpoint. <laughs> and so- gunpoint being a fully loaded two hundred fifty dollars a month rent. Oh, yeah. When wow. someone puts that in your face, you, you talk. Well, I mean, I guess that was Milwaukee, but <laughs> damn, two fifty rent. I know. Right? So, how did you? So, so you then? I guess somehow escaped Milwaukee and came to to gorgeous uh, Bedsty. How did you end up in in uh, New York? Well, I I mean, I just started traveling. You know, I, I when I started getting good at selling records, I would find like really expensive records that I could just put on eBay, like five hundred dollars. Buy it now, mm-hmm. which I would just do that a couple times. Buy a ticket to Montreal, go kick it with my friends in Montreal, and then just started like going there all the time. And eventually, I was just like, I can't go back to Milwaukee and ever again. Like every time I go to this, the most depressing place on earth is the connecting gate to Milwaukee. You know, you see this awesome, beautiful world with awesome, beautiful people, and then you go back to the connecting gate to Milwaukee, and it's Packers sweatpants and like you know, whatever, like faded conservative glory <laughs> you know like just people who have zero fun in their lives and this yeah. lives have been sucked out of them by some kind of magical power and i'm just like i'm not going back there and i'm not letting it happen to me i need to get the f out of this city so i went to la oh because i had a friend in la and like maybe because uh, i knew the weather was just gonna be so much better i hate winter so much true. i'm a warm weather person Word. Yeah, eh, I think I, th- I think we as a species are are are, are warm weather, uh, and, and yeah, the Earth is trying to give us a a hint, but we're not yeah, taking and, it. And, and I was t- I was perfectly happy in LA. I, I was loving it out there. I had like a really nice office for the record store. Where um, in LA? Had a scooter. I was in Angelino Heights, which is a ah. tight neighborhood inside Echo Park, yeah. and um, 
yeah, we had this really awesome office, like, had a scooter, it was just zipping around town on, as well as the car, because that's, that's the real L.A. hack. You get a scooter so you can go locally and you don't have to worry about parking, valet parking in a freaking, um, what's it called, uh, the, the record, the, the, the burrito place that looks like the Breaking Bad burrito place, El Pollo Loco. <gasps> oh! <laughs> yeah, like the El Pollo Loco. I miss Loco. An El Pollo Loco. Dude, they, they oh. turn the one on Sunset, they have a valet in the parking lot Do now. they really? Yeah. Wow. And it's like, you know, if you have a scooter, you're just like, F Fancy. you, I'm parking right here, you know? <laughs> So that was a little life hack there. Cheese and I was loving it, but then, you know, money. Just like, I'm not making any money here, and everyone who, like, all of my, you know, all, the, all my fellow record sellers that were in New York were making, like, literally 10 times more than I was making a week. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to look, and then I finally started looking at the numbers, and I was just like, what am I doing here? <laughs> you know? I can be in La La Land forever. And so I moved to New York and started making crap load more money. That's about Where? it. Yeah. <clears throat> and when you when you moved here, did you immediately open shop, or was that something that developed? We uh, kept the office formula for a while because I really just hated my experience with having a store, and I you know, I never liked record shows, never liked having record stores. But after a while, just like oh my god, seriously, every record in this room is going out through a computer. It's going to have a text message assigned to it. It's going to have an email assigned to it. It's going to have some crappy tech bro five, four-star review attached to it. It's going to have PayPal. It's going to have eBay's fingerprints on it. It's going to have, I'm going to have to deal with baby men from Germany over the <laughs> phone with this, you know, like it, over like a crumpled up copy of like a Gwen Guthrie 12 inch, you know, and I'm just like the glory of disgust more like dude slap a $5 price tag on it, you know, like and get it the hell out of my life, you know, like that's it. <laughs> and then I'll deal with three baby like men that. Like a week that. versus like 300, you know, we love Gwen Guthrie. However, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. I love Gwen Guthrie. I'm just saying I love that business model of just like, I'm, I'm just please. Yeah. Yes. Just take get it. it. Just get yeah, it get here. It out of here. Physically yeah. take it out of my hands. It's a lot of work. Yeah, yeah it's a lot of work. <laughs> so the record store that then we, we so we decided to open. We had like seventy five boxes of unsold records from our crappy eBay auctions sitting around, and we're just like, this. If you put it on eBay, it's going to not even meet minimum bid, and you're going to end up paying fees, or you can just put it out for twice as much in a record store. store and it was selling and make, instantaneously. Yeah. So the, the the idea was made for us. It wasn't even like it wasn't even like a thought. The second I could get a record store open, I got one open. Word. And um, so yeah. so what year did you open um, Superior Elevation in Brooklyn? 2015. 2015. Yeah, so we first st- I thought you said 50, and I was like, oh my god, we stuck the it out pandemic for two years. was long. I just, we, yeah, yeah. we were in our little office space for two years, and then okay. um, and then we busted out into the shop. In 15, and it, that was the White Street location. And it was, re- yeah, it was really like night and day difference. Like my life in New York before and after the shop. It was like... Ready to pop the question and take advantage of 30% off? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com to get 30% off. Select lab-grown diamonds. That's BlueNile.com for 30% off lab-grown diamonds. BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. I don't know, that, that moment in Weird Science where they have the house party and they, they open the door. There's like nobody at their house party and then they open the door and there's like 300 people outside. Yeah. And they're like, everybody, here. <laughs> Gary and Wyatt, meet everybody. And I'm like, you know, it was just like that moment. And then I met everybody that I... Not like I shouldn't say that I wanted to meet, but like everybody <laughs> that was in my segment in the city for the most part, I like ended up meeting pretty Word. much like in the next two two months, you know? Sweet. Yeah. Sweet. Which is great. You know, it's good to have to know all the people who could be your social network or your artistic networks mm-hmm. or like, you know, all that kind of stuff. And that obviously landed you uh, gigs on places like the Lot Radio, where now you have a superior elevation yeah. show. That was once just a month. good timing. Like we we booked Lloyd at one of our first in stores, and then he he I think he was just really st- I don't know. For some, he, there was like some symbiotic stuff going on there with Lloyd. He really liked the shop, and I really liked Lloyd. It was a great space. Yeah, we like hit it off, and so right away. He, that's yeah. right when he got like that spot at being like the music director there. And he, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess that was his first question to me was, "Do you want to just play the lot radio every single day?" And I'm like, "Nope." <laughs> He's like, "Well, how about uh, once a week?" I'm like, "Nope." I'm like, "Twice, mm-hmm. twice a month. That's it." And we're like, "All right." So at first it was tw- two times oh, was, a month. That's what I thought. And then yeah, I yeah, scaled yeah. it back because once a month feels like once a week. Twice a month feels like six times a day. Like that's how it works. It works just like that. We, yeah, we do this weekly. So yeah. <laughs> Yeah. We we thank you for this pre record. You've never left. No, 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 no. Still no. here. Yeah, no, no, no. Fell asleep and woke up right here. <laughs> That's right. Uh and uh, <laughs> and so uh so I mean you've got you've got the you've got a show, you've got a record shop, and you've also got a label. Um record label, which I'm about to start yeah. doing stuff with again. Yeah. Yeah, I mean if you want to get into hats, like my hat rack, the Tom Noble hat rack. So <laughs> first pr- musician. Mm-hmm. Producer, you know, like in the old school sense of producer, yes. like like Ron, you know, Phil Spector producer, not not murderer, not Phil not Doctor Dre. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So that kind of stuff, <laughs> and then not the, Santa Claus porn. No, 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 no. Then there is, <laughs> then there is um, DJing, right? Then there's DJing. Yes, and then there is also I have a little artistic streak in me, so I do like flyer designs and design work for all like the merch and all that stuff, okay. and then I do the drawings. I used to do a lot of drawings. Um, the Superior Elevation logo is is. You I did everything that has been associated work. with Superior. Nice work. I didn't and, realize um, that, but except for things on a couple different labels. But um, so there's a design thing that you do flyers for everyone, and then there's like the art, which I was doing drawings, and I even had an art show a couple years ago that did really well. Right. And um, although that's just hobby stuff, I just do that for fun. And then there is what else? Um, I have the school now at the shop where I'm like deaning. I saw that you started doing that. Yeah, yeah. Deaning tell, tell, tell our audience about that. Kids, you too. Uh, oh, could, yeah. Yeah, you too could j- join the, the lucrative world of DJing. Yeah, it's a, it's a, keep your day job. I'll say that. It's a, keep your day jobs. And um, it's a spite school. It, it's I, I dated, um, <laughs> I dated a, a piano teacher. And the whole time that I was with her, I was like helping her build a school uh-huh. where, you know, it was a rehearsal space in Chelsea. And, um, it wasn't really a school, but it kind of felt like one. And we were talking about schools all the time because mm-hmm. a lot of those people, were, you know, they were music teachers. So she would just rent out the spaces to different music teachers and you'd go there and practice. And then she dumped me. And, um, you know, I don't know. You, you do crazy things when you get dumped. And um, 
You know, it's like you're driving a car without a seatbelt and then you hit the brakes and you're just through the windshield. And like where I landed, that was like, her idea for starting a school was great. Like, I can do that. I can do that too. I can start a school just like her, a better one, you know? A better cup of coffee. <laughs> Screw coffee, Joe. <laughs> so I, I started. I started my coffee, Joe. It's basically the DJ school is like my. It's a spite school. Okay. And it's actually helping people learn how to mix DJing. I mean, because I figured that that's the one thing that seems like a lot of a lot of people don't have vinyl mixing skills. B. That was my next yeah. question. Yeah. <laughs> but a lot of, so and then B, like a lot of people just don't know how to mix in general. So mm-hmm. it seemed like a no brainer. Let's have a vinyl mixing class because then and then that idea worked. And now we do two classes a night from Monday through Friday. So there's eight o'clock and nine thirty spots and it's just for month and it's hundred dollars a class. It's pretty pretty simple. Very worth Two it. students a class, so you're getting the best possible. I was just gonna say, I, I noticed that it was like a, a very like a good teacher to student ratio that yeah. they were advertising. And then what kind of mixer? Mixer. I'm using like well, I'm basically using like the budget version of the Pioneer one. Okay. Because okay. it's like it's like the 600, I think. It's the one before they slapped on the effects, so it's actually exactly right. it's exactly the same experience you're gonna get in a club without the bells and whistles, well, which you don't about, want anyway I mean, if you're learning. I, you know, we're not sponsored by Pioneer or anything. We could be though. But, uh, yeah. Uh, actually, <laughs> hey Pioneer. Go ahead and, go ahead oh, actually, and give that yeah, plug. I should. Uh, kids, you too could be a sponsor if yes, she did. Go on over to the Face Radio. Com shop and uh, yeah, you could uh, you can sponsor us for a month. Click you could sponsor us for a year, and it's tax df inductable. Uh, okay, fully. back yeah, to but, the fullest ba- extent of the law. Yeah, back to okay. But yeah, pioneer, sorry. Thank you. Back from our, our sponsor break. Pioneer yeah. pretty much equals pioneer <laughs> equals pioneer. Yeah, even yeah. though they have a million different mixers and controllers yeah. and. And the kids don't CDJs need to be starting on a rotary anyway. That's advanced. Oh no, uh, no, no, stuff. no, no, no! And, they ain't gonna yeah. go. Even I, I asked them for experience levels just in case. But I realized at the same time, it's like <laughs> any answer you, anything you say that involves not mixing <laughs> on vinyl, it just means zero. They're like, oh, yeah. well, I've actually been DJing for 15 years um, every single night, and I've been only using CDJs. Like, you have zero experience mixing vinyl then. Okay, say it. Zero. Well, you can hit the vinyl button. <laughs> <laughs> If you, I mean, it just, I, I kind of tell people, I invoke the what I call the Olita Adams clause. It's like, right now there's 70,000 different ways to DJ with all these platforms, Tractor and right. Record Box and Pioneer, whatever. Get here if you can. Yeah. yeah. Trailways, right. whatever. Yeah. If you can make I, it sound good, you know, with yeah, respect in to, the to, end. to the vinyl only DJs. Respect. I'm not carrying my records around. I'm not bringing them. Vinyl only DJ weather surfing <laughs> equals surfing to me these days. Yeah. That's it. Equals surfing. It's like almost like catching a wave. It's like yeah. that kind of experience where you're like, oh my god, it's happening. Yeah. It's happening. This, this is it. This is it. That's when you get thrown into the reef. But like, <laughs> right, that's when everyone leaves the. Reef. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, wait. I, this is a jam. What happened? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, I, and it blows me away when I see people who can just DJ vinyl like seamlessly you know like it just really does blow me away when i see that you have kids come in and they're like (laughs) (laughs) oh man i mean triples one time i (laughs) one time i was like 
I was at some Peanut Butter Wolf show, and I kind of forgot, because I know him as more like a weird intellectual guy that likes strange music and stuff. I kind of forgot about the fact that he was like a super hip-hop DJ for a long time. And I was kind of just watching his like demeanor with his, because it was like me and his friend sitting there at one of his gigs trying to talk to him in between songs. Mm-hmm. And just watching like him just like touch the turntables and stuff, like like a person who's just been doing it with that hip-hop level of skill their entire lives. It was just insane, you know? Like, he could just, like, just be talking to us, go back really quick, just kind of, like, flip flip the, the needle onto the record at some spot. It would just be beat-matched to whatever he was playing on the other thing and just one-handed kind of reverse it, you know, just, like... It's like he's watching on eight turntables, yeah. like handcuffed and blindfolded, it, 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 and yeah. having a conversation. With and you also, here's time. another thing about <laughs> DJ and Final, which I thought is really interesting. There's this, um, there's this DJ from Amsterdam. Like, I think is it like DJ Greta or something like that, or DJ Greta Thunberg? No, 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 no. Uh, it's like Gretchen. Gretchen. It's one. It's a okay. share. It's like Gretchen. <laughs> it's like non-binary person DJing, and they played uh, nowadays, like a couple of years ago, and. Three, like three or four turntables going at the same time at all times, and it was like a weird. It was like watching a weird mad scientist. And like you can do this with CDJs and stuff too. Yeah. But it was kind of interesting to see like people experimenting with like different, like collages almost, and like doing like weird things that weren't it's, even beat match, but they yeah. were just still everything was playing at the same time. It's a medium that yeah that I think is important to at least have a familiarity with if you are a DJ. Well, if you um, learn on really and, janky equipment to start, once you jump to better equipment or digital, you're that much better. Yeah. Be no, no. Oh, better. I mean, I yeah, think that we sure. we probably all started on the jankiest of jank. Yeah, uh, you wind uh, back the record and it jumps off the queue. Yeah, of yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. no, I mean, and also, like, I've had, I mean, I'm talking, like, turntables that were, you know, I right. didn't have direct drive turntables until probably, like, seven, eight years yeah, ago. Yeah, no, when your turntable <laughs> like, has the but, same brand, you know, brand logo on it as your hair dryer. Exactly. Like, you know, you're in trouble. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> I, but I think that that's, like, that's, like, if you're a if you're starting at home, like, that's, like, a place to start. Yeah. But I think that, like, the service you're offering is, like, really cool for people who oh my who want to take it seriously and, like, want to at least hone hone their skills. Because, I mean, it is two, two very different mediums. Well, I, I, st- I started here, and I only just started doing the digital thing, and I, I'm still kind of struggling with the digital without, thing. I mean, honestly, like, without <laughs> without having any instruction, I mean, what I, always, what I always say is that, like, you know, like, DJing's, like, it's one of those, it's a job that... Only offers on the job training. It's like mm-hmm. the only way you can learn how to do it. It's like you're like, if there's not a crowd in front of you, like a furious crowd of people who are trying to party, and you know, like, and you feel the weight of all that on your shoulders, like, yeah. the, then that's when you're actually getting trained as a DJ. I mean, you develop the skills to know how to do that when you get into that crowd, but once you get into the crowd and the pressure's on, like, that's really when it's like game time. Plus, everything's going to go wrong. They're going to have yeah. every, I've never Eventually. had a gig without a technical problem, like, yeah. to this day. It's just like, there's always something. It's like, oh, that mm-hmm. button's pressed. Yeah. Oh, it's about, it's this. just about, yeah, d- damage control. Oh, I, I mean, if you start playing in the played. lounge first, then you can, you know, get experience, freestyle, and experiment with things. And then when you start driving a dance floor, you learn what really works. I was, I mean, I was rocking crowds 10 years before I started mixing. Like, I didn't even actually, that's how I got into mixing was because I got a gig that was pretty big. It was like 500 people in Montreal. And I, and hubris, man, part of being a Leo. And um, so I got this dope record collection in new york right before the gig and i just it was all disco 12 inches like all the good ones like family tree all that stuff and 
I went up to Montreal to just like play all these 12 inch singles. I've never really been a 12 inch guy. I'll be playing off LPs and 45s and stuff. So here I am, and I didn't I didn't really take into consideration the fact that some of those rap songs I was playing, like disco rap songs, would be like 13 minutes long. Oh yeah, and like. They never stop rapping. No, they never yeah. come yeah, up for air. Those. I was gonna say, Gant, Gant yeah, loves great. throwing those count, at me, and I'm just cool like, and I'm trying to mix. If you can, they're great. No, no, if you can't, if you you're can sitting there like twelve minutes, like, oh my god, oh my god, yeah, oh my count god. Cool out and uh, TSOB. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, the one. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's TSOB. Master J and Michael D. The instrumental though. Yeah, instrumental. Hot, hot, hot. But I love their raps too. I love their raps. No, they're great, and that's why it's hard to mix out because it's like I don't want to cut this off. It's like I'm not one of those quantize stuff when I do edits. Oh no, my my edits are pretty loose. Thank God, which you know pisses off a lot of people. But um, that one definitely needs to get straightened out a little bit. Like that intro to master uh, to the TSOB one. It just because it's like boom, and the the kicks going like doom, 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 doom. You can like hear him hitting the joint, like kicking. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You could hear it. That was like, yeah. yeah. He's rapping. You could tell it's like all one take because he's like out of breath. Dude, like the the digital, the digital. (laughs) They only had so much tape. I mean, like it was. (laughs) I mean, if you put on any of those old school disco rap songs that were made like in the ghetto in New York by like B brand B brand session musicians that like Sylvia like hired from the back of like a pizza joint or something, (laughs) you're gonna look at your digital BPM meter when they're playing. It's gonna look like a Geiger counter. It's yeah, Chernobyl. You know, it's like place. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be like crazy time. And that's why learning to do that uh, with a with a because I mean like when I like when I first started playing vinyl i remember i was like really heavy with the uh with what i call the nipple um and i i would <laughs> i would i would twist it a lot and no. and not and not really use my uh my uh my tone arm and so yeah. like i think that it's it's yeah like it's it's helpful to learn no, you're not the, supposed to move the, the tone r- arm you're supposed to leave that alone you shut up girl she's she's <laughs> she's like not past four i'm i'm not nikki siano i'm gonna put it on 45 minus eight and all sorts of fun things because oh, it's plus. the future and i feel like kids I'm, I'm not. I'm, I don't believe in those rules. I think if it sounds good, it sounds good. If it sounds weird, it sounds weird. If you can and get away with you it. Gotta, you gotta it sounds good. Let's let. Let's I was let gonna say yeah. Let's on, hear what what talk. does yeah sound good, Love which that. is Tom Noble, who uh, came here to Ooh. chat with us, but he also came to spin. Yeah. So let's uh, to the music. we're gonna get into that right here on. Yes, she did. You're listening to the Face Radio.
Tom Noble of Superior Elevation. Uh, oh my goodness. Uh, you you just played so many things that made my head explode and uh, saved me, I think, about, uh, in total, what is it, $15,000? Because um, <laughs> uh, those are some pricey records. We were discussing a lot of this off the air. Uh, that last one, Robert Cotter's Jam 2. Um, <laughs> Shh. Ooh, hush, hush. Sorry, sorry. The secrets. But yeah, that's that's hot. That you said was a Now Rogers production. Yeah, I guess that was like the first record he produced, like wow. before Chic. Wow. Pre Chic. Pre Chic. Now Rogers. That's uh, it's golden. And thank you for playing it on on the show because uh, we 
a gag for things like that. Um, and uh, we want to remind all of our listeners to go check Superior Elevation out. IRL. That's in real life. The kiddies say it. Um, at 616 Grand Street in Brooklyn, New York. Or if you happen to be overseas or listening from afar, you can uh, check the Superior Elevation uh, website. Uh, no, it's Discogs. a Discogs, yeah. rather. But whatever, it's, you know yeah. how to do it. It's a Discogs.com. Search for the Superior Elevation Shop. Um, amazing, amazing things to find there. Uh, and uh, do keep your eyes peeled for the Lot Radio when they decide to tell you that uh, Tom's playing. And uh, they'll, they'll say it's the Superior Elevation. Uh, uh, not our. It's a two-hour uh, spectacular. Yeah, Superior Elevation show. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. And it's... it's, uh, it's it's worth it. And kids, like uh, I was saying before, he's a uh, he's he's also a professor, uh, the owner mm-hmm. of a spite school. And uh, you too True. can uh, learn to uh, to handle the wheels of steel properly um, with uh, the one and only Tom Noble. I, I highly recommend steel, doing that. Steel I don't know if there's steel. I, I mean, uh, take it apart. But don't. Well, actually, don't. It's a, it's not ours. I don't the have insurance on that. The wheels of magnesium. The wheels of aluminum <laughs> with uh, nitrate, chromium. Yeah. But you, you too, at uh, not Bono, but you know, you as well can go to. Uh, that was a stupid joke. Wow. Uh, go to Superior Elevation and uh, take classes with Tom Noble. I highly recommend doing it. And whatever you do, follow Superior Elevation on the socials, uh, mainly Instagram. Or you could get a gift certificate and give it to somebody else. Hey, hey, look at that! We have cards, we got them all. We got everything. We got tote bags. You can get toted away. All of ooh, you hey. got long sleeve shirts, short sleeve shirts, sweater shirts for all occasions. Any packs, <laughs> underwear, liquid socks. pleasure coming out soon. Our ooh. record cleaning product. Oh, really? It's definitely not lube. Don't look at me, Queen. Not about the lube joke, but about my dirty records. Actually, if, both. If you listen well, I'm being actually yeah. both. But I have dirty records and a dirty mind. But um, I do want to thank you, Tom, again, for coming on the show. It was honestly such a pleasure to have you There's on. no idea what this is. I don't. Uh, Gant is holding. Gant, you can't say things into the mic on radio they and, and hold it. it. I know they I can't. I we were on Mixcloud Live. No, girl. It's a pre-record. Uh, oh, Gant was holding up right. a, a record cleaner, which... Uh, uh, I just you think see the little brush that goes. I always here. thought it was just for that me to look been, like Groucho Marx. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's the wildest that's record the I ever heard. Um, <laughs> anywho, that was really dumb. None of you could see it, and I'm glad. But I'm also <clears throat> glad that you tuned in to listen to Tom Noble because he's the real effing deal, and he's a busy, busy man. And I know you have to do a lot of things today. And so, thank he's you off for to see yet another record. Club. Yes, off to see the records and the wonderful land of New Jersey. New yeah. Um, <laughs> The, bon, the, the John Bon Jovi uh, freeway stop. Yeah. Oh gosh. Is that is that what they're gonna rename the bridge? No. There's a John Bon Jovi rest area. There's like. Are you this, kidding there's me? There's all this Bon Jovi stuff <gasps> over there. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like hats off to Bon he Jovi. Wants to know but if it's cruisy is what he's trying to say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can I get well, a John Bon Jovi, please? That's, is that what a JBJ is? Any cool. Uh, any cool, anyway. 
<laughs> wow, I uh, I'm running on fumes, kids. This pre-record <laughs> happened after my my moist towelette ventures, which go until four a.m. All dried so. up now. Ooh, girl, yeah. So uh, so without a further ado, do um, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Thank you for Tom, having for, me for joining us. It was great. Uh, we'd love to have you back whenever you'd like to come by. We'll uh, definitely see you at the shop for sure because I uh, I got lots of things to buy from you still. Uh, I haven't bought them all. So and I have lots of things that I'll probably want to buy, but I won't because yeah. I don't have any more room for records. <laughs> she'll, she'll come and browse. I get it. Yeah, yeah. She'll just she'll just make a pile for me and say, "Here, you buy this." That's what I do. That's, yeah, yeah. Right. that's good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, but yeah, thank you, Tom, so much. Uh, thank you, kids, for sticking around. We got another few minutes here on Yes, She Did, so we're just going to get back into the mix. You're listening to The Face Radio. Yo, what's up, P? Yo, nothing, man. Just cool and kick back in the studio with DJ Scratch and my man Frank B. Reminiscing about how we was trying to shop our demo and everybody was dishing, you know what I'm saying? Yo, P, tell him what's up, man. We was cooling in my car one day, you see. Clocking a double nickel on the LIE. When it dawned on us that it was 10 o'clock. Turn on the tunes to hear the DJs rock. The hands got the clapping, the fingers got the snapping. Ian, I was cooling with this man who was snapping. In and out of fantasies on how large we can get. Cooling the rocks and bends with the ground effect kits. I wanted black. E was on a two-tone. Stupid boom assistance with the hands we phone. The dream gets better and I would like to go warm, but I was brought back to reality by a two of a horn. Smoke everywhere. Oh, just what we needed. On the way to shop, I demo in the car overheated. Feeling real low. Low enough to die. Holding up traffic on the FDR drive. We had to play ourselves in the festive gear. He double had to push YMD stare. They went our dreams. The cool with golden limos and all we kept saying was please listen to my demo please listen to my demo please listen to my demo Please listen to my demo. Please, 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 please listen to my demo. In the year 87, when we first took off, when I jumped in P68 and broke north. Walking the big city streets of Manhattan, buildings, whole nine yards, so enchanting. Thinking if we got a chance, we could rock it. Funky Fresh demo tape in my pocket, we was walking. I got this twice today. Then we stopped at 1974 Broadway. We walked in with grins on our chins, and P had juice with Mr. Virgil Sims. He played the tape and we started to laugh. Played the farewell sock and the seats been backstabbed. People started smiling inside, we buck wildin'. Saying this all started back from freestyling. They liked it and they were very calm. But me and Pete were like, yo, E, where did we sign? When the back room, things was lovey dovey. Met Ron Resnick and his father Juggy. Things was cool, as I remember. We signed the dollar lines, now we fresh wake members. Had dreams of fancy cars on limos and all I wanted was somebody. Listen to my demo. Please listen to my demo. Please listen to my demo. Please listen to my demo. Please, 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 please listen to my demo. Please listen to my demo. Please listen to my demo.
Here, 
We need a change of tempo. Um, and we need to remind y'all that tonight you can catch Gant at 1 Jackson Street, the Exley. At Wait, I got to work tonight? You got to work, girl. You got to work, girl. I mean, it's a pre-record, but, you know, we're, we're pretending like it's oh, Thursday. Yeah. Yes, it's the Thursday. Butch Queens Express. One Jackson Street from nine until Gant feels like it. And tomorrow, you can catch me at an all-new installation of Moist Towelette. Sanitize. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com Guys, for your protection. Our protection. And Sunday, 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 Reason with Gant, four to nine. It's not a tea dance, but you know, the sentiment is there. Uh... We're going to keep it going here for just a few more minutes. And then you're off to a brand new episode of FSQ with Chuck DeFunk straight from Los Angeles. Straight out of the pool. Yeah, who will actually be joining in two weeks' time uh, on his show. Because he's going to be coming to New York City uh, to, uh, to, to, to visit and to spin and to do all sorts of things. You've been and, warned. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Chuck's a coming. Uh, but yeah, he's also coming up next on FSQ. So stick it here on the Face Radio. You're listening to Yes, She Did. Thank you. 